0: Welcome, everybody, to First Nationals' new Our Fabric podcast, the show that gives you the insider scoop on real estate right from the industry's experts. I'm Stuart Bunn, and I'm looking forward to navigating the intricate and fascinating world of real estate with you. In each episode, we'll be meeting industry leaders from inside and outside the First National network and asking them questions that we absolutely know you want the answers to. Today, we're in for a real treat, because we have two industry legends chatting to one another, Karen Joseph from First National Manly in New South Wales, expert property manager who's going to deep dive into today's topic, the property manager and tenant relationship, and as our guest interviewer, Lee Woodward, who brings 30 years of multimedia training leadership and his award-winning industry experience to the table. As a property manager with two decades of experience, Karen's trademark humour, practical approach and unique perspective will unlock insights that you won't want to miss. And, listeners, remember to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a beat on everything real estate. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Karen and Lee.
1: Well, thank you, Stuart, and joining me now is Karen. Karen, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks, Lee. It's great to be here.
1: Now, you've had a whirlwind life in real estate. Give us your background.
2: Uh, I think I've lost track of how many years I've been in real estate, so let's just say 20 plus years. Started off as a receptionist in uh, real estate in Neutral Bay and my career just evolved from there. Uh, I wear many hats, property management principal, salesperson, counsellor, all of that stuff that comes with uh, real estate and property management here on the northern beaches for pretty much my whole career.
1: Now, you're in Manly, which is some of our most expensive real estate in the country. Just for our national and international listeners. What's a high rent in Manly? What's a low rent?
2: Probably my most expensive property is $2,800 a week. Uh, that's a waterfront property up in Seaforth with a jetty. And the lowest rent here we would probably have would be 500 and that would be a studio. So just the one room, no parking.
1: And doesn't that give you a, an amazing, diverse part of people to deal with, which gives uh-huh. us our topic of today... And we want to discuss, Karen, with you the property manager and tenant relationship. What makes a good tenant relationship from your experience?
2: A good tenant relationship, I always have a saying, start as you mean to finish. So you always want to get off on the right foot with the tenant because it sets the precedence for the term of the tenancy. And I always say to my landlords that I'm in a relationship with this person for the next 12 months. So we like to make sure that we get it right from the start.
1: And what's some of those items that make it right from the start? I know people have discussed the tenant gift going in can sometimes bridge the relationship between the landlord and tenant, which sometimes has its walls. What's your thoughts on that?
2: We have little cards uh, that say, welcome to your new home. And it has the emergency tradesman on there. It's got a QR code so they can log into our Property Me portal and follow us on our socials. But it's actually, it's nice. It's just a little welcome card to say, you know, welcome to your new home. I think any small token like that just to acknowledge is always nice. I think that's a good start.
1: Well, if we can get the right start, I agree with you. That's going to give us a platform moving forward. How do you build that trust between the between the agent and the tenant?
2: It starts from the moment they apply for the property and how you handle that process with the application. I can't tell you how many people that I speak to make an application for a property and never hear from the real estate ever again. I mean, we're dealing with people's lives here, Lee. Uh, They obviously need somewhere to live. Everybody's circumstances are different. Some people uh, have to move. Some people are choosing to move. Um, So it all starts with the way you handle that tenancy application and you need to be responsive and you need to explain to people how that process works from start to finish and what they can expect from you during that process, including timeframes, how long it will take to approve and process their application and a deadline. Everything in life needs a deadline. Regardless of whether we've heard back from the owner, you will hear from us by 5pm today to give you an update.
1: Yeah, people want that certainty, and I know in the last couple of years of training in the property management space, which I only do a little bit of, I know you are a legend trainer in that area, which is separate to your property management skills. I remember some young girls telling me one day, oh, but you know, the tenants think it's our property, and I said, well, it is. They said, no, no, it's the owners. I said, no, if you were going out to a concert tonight and you went to check into a hotel, and you got in your room, you're all excited, and it wasn't cleaned up from the last person, would you ring the owner of the hotel or go down to reception? And they're checking into our hotels, and I agree with you. People, tenants haven't been treated well by many of the industry due to the volumes, and that can sometimes make people think it doesn't matter. It does matter. And all of us have checked into a hotel and had that experience. Can I ask you, Karen, what happens during the lease sign-up for you that makes that... better experience for them
2: also a lot of feedback i mean i did get into a disagreement with a lady once why can't i just sign digitally the other real estate agent does it that way and i said well we're not the other real estate i said we do things differently here and it's about creating a relationship from the very start and the only way you can do that is in person whilst a lot of our documents do go out once the tenant's been accepted we send things electronically, but that's purely for them to read and prepare themselves prior to the lease sign up. So the tenants can come in prior to their lease starting or on the morning, but we make it very clear that you'll need 30 minutes of your time and it is an opportunity for us to explain how we do business and what they can expect from us and also what we expect from them during the tenancy. Every building is different. Some have on-site managers, you know, whilst bylaws are very across the board, often buildings have their own bylaws. We've got properties with pools and gyms and things who have their own little booklets. You know, they need to understand how to report repairs. They have to scan the app and log into the Property meet portal and we do that with them. Our demographic here in Manly, we have a lot of expats. We have a lot of people that don't speak English that are just arriving and of course they've never rented here before. So how can you expect the tenancy to go smoothly if they have absolutely no clue how to go about that. Yeah,
1: that's a really coachable moment there, Karen. Digital doesn't mean hands-off. Digital can at times be a convenience for getting things signed up, but what you're talking about here is communicating with the tenant so that you don't have that dispute of, you didn't tell me I had to log into the app, you didn't tell me that the gym needed a code, and suddenly, It's all gone south because we didn't have that communications checklist where you did eyeball the person and say, yeah, I took you through that. We scanned the app together while you were here. Otherwise, they may never scan the app. And then you've got this constant maintenance challenge of that tenant because it just didn't start well.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, as property managers, our main goal in life is to not have your phone ring. (laughs) And so if you're doing it all right at the start and the tenant understands and you're handing out a great property that's clean, tidy, it's okay that there's still things that haven't been done. Often we've got timeframes, unavailable tradesmen, so we all sit down and say, okay, so uh, we apologise. There's still a window where the lock's not working properly. It has been booked in. The tradesman told us they'll be there Thursday. Will you be home? This is how it works. They can come and grab a key. So there's just so many layers to that lease sign-up where if you aren't sitting down and communicating with the the person, it can just go pear-shaped. And what people don't understand as well, when you're creating that relationship, it's so much more than that. I did a lease sign-up with some tenants the other day, and you know they're governing bodies of some very big companies here in Australia, the Olympics, FIFA. Uh, and it turns out that they have several rental properties in my area. They're rent-vesters. And if it I hadn't up. sat down and built a relationship with them, I would never have known that.
1: Yeah, you never know who's taking your measure. And one thing I really love about this interview, Karen, and it shows your depth of experience. You know, people say, how do you get experience in property management? One train wreck after another <laughs> is pretty much <laughs> how that works. And absolutely. Uh, you've weathered the storm, which I absolutely love. But, Karen, it's not dissimilar to, for me, property management and sales are the same. There's just different applications and the rules and the term of the relationship. But in sales, where we do set up to sell, this is set up to live and set up to lease so that you're not going to be getting those phone calls all the time. What do you do for the relations once a tenant's actually in the property? How do you keep that love and trust alive there?
2: Whilst we don't have time to respond to every email, we do. It's good manners. It's good business and good manners. Even if I don't have the answer to something, I will respond and tell the tenant where we're at. We need parts for the washing machine. This is the time frame. We create tasks within our portal to make sure that things don't go by the wayside. I've got friends who rent, and you know, real estate is one of those spaces where people just feel like they constantly have to talk about it whether it be bad service that they got, whether it's, um, you know, the result of a sale and how ridiculous it was or what that salesperson did that they didn't like. My motto is that I don't want to be the topic of conversation around someone's dinner table where I haven't done the right thing. People are very quick to discuss what we didn't do rather than what we did do. And so that's my motto. And when we, you know, when I train my staff, I just say, look, treat the the apartment like it's a five-star hotel and you're going in at night time and turning the sheets down and putting cinnamon or mints on the pillow. I understand that not all properties are new or in great condition, but that doesn't mean that we can't present the property to a standard.
1: Couldn't agree more. And, you know, a clean property doesn't have to be a modern property. And there's some stunning older homes out there that are just immaculate where they've been so well-maintained... And Karen, you know, there's a lot of noise out there about AI tools right now. Have you adopted AI tools and have they been helpful?
2: Yes, look, we use ChatGTP to um, help us write our real estate ads because that's that's the one thing in my career that absolutely ruins me. I got to a point where I would have to take a deep breath and walk around the block. You know, we can't be great at everything. Um, and so ChatGTP has been very helpful in that space for us. Um, we're not using it really for anything else because again, I'm a little bit hands on. I feel relationships are important. It's not to say down the track that we won't adopt some of that, um, you know, technology to help us in our day. Um, but still, I'm still old school. You can't beat, uh, speaking to people over the phone and, and, you know, just genuinely listening to people's concerns and resolving them.
1: So Karen, what's working for you right now and what are you most proud of about what you're doing in your career, especially at this stage?
2: Uh, what's working well for us is our trust account software. Look, at the moment it doesn't 100% do what it, what we need, what we would like, but it is evolving. Um, but when you've got cloud based software, the abilities in there with your templates. So we sit down and obviously if you're getting the same email over and over again, there's a gap in what you're doing. We sit down, we identify where that gap is and we create a template. It gets added to our checklist. So we've got touch points at every single opportunity so that people aren't sitting there wondering what's going on. You know, when the property goes to the market, we send the link to the owner saying we've gone live We'll keep you updated so the owner can see what the property looks like on the internet. When it's leased, the same thing goes back to the owner. Even though we've had a conversation, this is when the lease will start. The tenant is paying monthly. This will be when your next payment is. Um, and a series of emails, the same thing to the tenant from you've been accepted. The, Thank you for your deposit. These are the next steps. And, um, you know, it's all automated. You just go in and add a little bit more information to make it personal, as in, you know, their rent and things like that. Um, It's just about touch points, Lee, and making sure that every gap is filled so we don't miss anything.
1: Karen, you've always been very structured. I've known you for a long time and you're <laughs> a person who's always interested in what's going on like yes you've been a trainer you're a practitioner uh, you've helped many many people across the network and that's out of passion than it is anything else but that sequence that you've got now that would be amazing for people to understand and learn because you've tweaked it you've changed it you've tweaked it you've changed it the fact that it can be automated as a prompting sequence that's really what brings in that customer experience
2: I'm Lee, I'm so passionate about making our life easier. And, you know, I've been into some other offices and, you know, I had a principal say that his property manager is still there at 9 o'clock at night. I nearly fell off my chair. So I actually got in my car and I drove and I spent two hours sitting with her, you know, in my own time trying to understand why she's still there at 9 o'clock at night. I mean, those days are gone. I used to do it myself. But, you know, we all know the saying, work smarter, not harder. And I'm so passionate about property managers not having meltdowns. People are jumping out of our industry left and right because it's so demanding and people's expectations are so incredibly high and that's okay. But just set up the right structures so that they feel that they're getting what they need from us. And if you've got all of that in place, it is simple button pushing and you don't have to be still sitting there at 9 o'clock at night
1: yeah, this is a, a very, very important point, Karen, that you raise. And the uh, they're in early, leaving late, they're so committed and dedicated, they're fantastic, is not correct at all. There's something seriously wrong. You're going to burn them out and never get them back to this industry again. Mm. So there's been a complete shift of that old way of thinking to why are we not getting our work completed in the time frame? Is it a lack of support? Is it manual? Is there no sequences? but no one can sustain those hours and times anymore. And we have seen an enormous amount of people leave the industry and and there's just easier ways to earn a living unless it is structured as a career property manager. And that's probably a big question I have for you as well. Is there advice you would give your younger self as a property manager looking back in time now of what you would do differently or what would you learn to keep others out of those potholes?
2: How long have you got, Lee? <laughs> uh, A whole my podcast best... series. <laughs> my best advice to people coming into the industry is please don't take things personally. At the end of the day, as long as you're confident that you have done everything you possibly can for your client, you cannot please everybody. Um, so, you know, leave at 5 o'clock knowing that you've done everything that you can, but don't take it home. Don't take it home, you've got a life, and so you should this is this is a job, yes, it's a difficult job, but um, you know, please don't take things seriously. Oh, sorry personally, check out at the end of the day, get in the right headspace and then get back in the game tomorrow. you know it it's it is relentless property management. don't go home thinking that you're not going to come into a thousand emails when you get there the next day. Just prioritize things and just make sure that you respond to people so that things don't snowball. Karen, that's
1: such great information you've just shared. Uh, the real estate industry can hold you up with one hand, scrape out the sand from underneath you and put you in a hole of self-confidence you might get out of. And I think it's very, very important. We learn the skill to care, but not too much. This is life, uh, is out of work, and then there's the facts and figures at work when you're there. But taking it personally is what grinds anyone, doesn't matter who you are, that mental toughness. And and Karen, you, you've been very good at that all the way through your career. How did you learn to care but not too much?
2: Uh, well, uh, you know, Lee, there's another whole podcast in here. I actually had a little bit of a burnout myself last year. Uh, uh, we had a drug dealer. The parents had moved the son into the property without telling us. They had moved out and moved him in and he was dealing drugs and uh doors got smashed in, and it was just an absolute train wreck, and the owners just couldn't get him out because he had mental health problems and um I had my very first mental breakdown of my own last year, but that like I said, that's a whole uh, podcast, and um you know, I've learnt from my mistakes there as to where the cutoff point is and what I could have done differently. So you know, I didn't. I haven't done too badly, given that it's been twenty odd years, and that was my first melt proper meltdown. But my goodness, I've learnt some things. And again, I would love to do another podcast with you about that because uh, mental health in property management is a very big thing.
1: Yeah, Karen, but, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's um, right.
2: The that's the huge. other thing too, Lee, is we're so available all the time. You know, yeah. the industry has changed a lot because of technology and our phones, and it's very hard. You know, I'm still guilty of looking at my phone at night time, looking at emails that I'm waiting to come in. Turn your phone off. Don't have your personal phone as your work phone. Don't have your phone number on the internet if you can help it. Um, We need to actually switch off.
1: Yeah, good advice. And Karen, just one thing that our listener wouldn't know about you being one of our ultimate modern property managers, real estate professionals, is you're actually still selling properties off the, the rent roll as well.
2: Yes, I am. When we hang up from here, Lee, I'm about to accept an offer. So you you know that over the years, I've always worn many hats and I adopt both policies for rentals and sales. And I do say that to my owners. When you're doing an open home, so many people don't realise you're treating it the same as sales. Why wouldn't it be any different? You still want to present that property the best that you can because you want to get as many people through the door as possible so you get the best quality tenant. Quality property, quality tenant.
1: Yeah, that, that's so interesting. And I can't believe this is all happening at once, but I had someone this week who was purchasing a very, very large rent roll but just wanted to hire someone to look after the landlord's sales of the rent roll so that it was more of a nurturing sale than it was a normal sale. What's your view mm. on that for the future? Do you think we're going to see more of
2: that? Oh, I think it's a great idea. Absolutely, there should be a salesperson assigned just to speaking to owners constantly um, because they, they're, I mean, look, that's a, a pot of gold, you rent roll, isn't it? And whilst we don't want to lose properties off our rent roll, if we're going to, if an owner's going to sell, at least we want them to sell with you because we don't want a double loss.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, Karen Joseph, absolutely amazing interview as we know you would be. And we are bringing you back on in the future because that's going to be – we've got many, many topics to discuss. And I think also with our industry needing to train its own, we can't just keep trying to find the property manager that has left. Uh, We're going to have a whole new breed of people coming through. And who knows, Karen, we might need to start running the uh, Property Management Academy of people learning this system and sequence as we need more people in our space.
2: We absolutely do, and the only way to do that, Lee, is to make our industry more attractive to young people and to make sure that those people are getting the right resources and actually enjoy the job. It can be a great job if it's done right.
1: Boundaries, and I think that's come out today (laughs) in, in our interview really well. But Karen Joseph, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to hearing from you in the future.
2: Thanks so much, Lee. It was great talking to you.